uh, there was this man who died, and uh, he found himself waiting in the judgment line. And as he was there in the judgment line, he noticed that some of the people, some of the souls went directly to heaven. He also noticed that some of the souls Satan took, and he just flinged them into the burning pit. However, there was something that intrigued him. Every once in a while, Satan, instead of taking a soul or a person and flinging them into the burning pit, would just put him off to the side. And the man was kind of curious about that. And he went up to Satan and he said, excuse me, but why are you tossing these souls aside instead of just flinging them into hell, into the burning pit? And uh, Satan said, they're from New York. And they're too frozen to burn. Well, there's some truth to that, I guess, right? It, it seems like uh, many of us might be too frozen to burn. That's a pretty good thing, isn't it, huh? But uh, hopefully we'll be thawing out this week, or maybe 50s later in the week, huh? All right, well, this morning we're going to continue our study in the book of Proverbs. We began last week looking at words, our tongues, talking about the power of words, the power of our tongues. Solomon told us last week that life and death, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so I want to continue that. And so uh, entitled the message, it was my mouth part two. It was my mouth part two. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person being here. I know it wasn't easy, frozen doors, just everything frozen. And yet you, you drew them, Lord. And it is awesome just to be able to be together just to worship and praise you. There's nothing more important we can do than just to to worship you. Something just happens to our souls. Something just happens to our spirits when we begin to just praise you. And I pray that's just going to continue on. There's such freedom. Chains just seem to fall off us when we just praise you. May we just continue to praise you. May we continue in that attitude. And I just ask as we move towards the word now that you would fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head that truly the words that are spoken would be from your word. They would be truth, and they would bring life. And I just ask for each person that's here, Holy Spirit, you are welcome, that you would just manifest yourself even in a more real and powerful way, giving us soft hearts to receive and ears to hear. I pray now you'll be glorified in these next several minutes. Just glorify yourself. Holy Spirit, exalt Jesus, that Jesus may draw all to him all to him, for he is Lord and Savior. And I ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Well, that may be the last laugh you have this morning. No, no, here we go. King Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 18 this. Skip, can you put it up? Rumors, rumors, ugly rumors, nasty little rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Don't you love that? You know, we ought to just start up front with a little honesty and and admit our flesh loves gossip. Come on. Our flesh loves those dainty morsels, those negative things about people, and they do go deep down into our souls. They affect us, and we're going to see that this morning. In fact, three of our favorite words are, did you hear? And of course, in our flesh, we're saying, no, but I sure do want to, right? It is said that there is a sin that our society not only embraces, but encourages. It's a sin that when you taste it, 
We can't get enough of it. It is a sin that is utterly destructive, and yet when we partake in it, we justify it. The sin has destroyed many relationships. It's destroyed friends. It's destroyed families. It's even destroyed churches. Yet we will rationalize why we are part of it. The sin has played even in a part in humanity's fall right there in the Garden of Eden. You say, well, what is that sin? That sin is gossip. Now, you're asking, what is gossip? And the truth of the matter is gossip is somewhat hard to define. It's kind of like nailing jello to a wall. Some say that gossip is the passing along of negative information about someone. That's actually a form of gossip, but it's really slander, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Other people say that gossip is passing along some negative information about another person who was not there. That can be gossip, but it's not always gossip. Now listen to this. Biblically, gossip is this. Gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Or gossip can be defined this way. Gossip is the betraying of a confidence. Or discussing unfavorable personal facts about another person with another person who is not either part of the problem or part of the solution. You know, if we're all honest, we have participated in gossip. We have revealed embarrassing things about family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, with others who are neither part of the problem nor part of the solution. And with friends like us, who needs enemies, right? Get quiet in here. You know, it reminds me, though, <laughs> of three preachers. And there were these three preachers, and they went fishing one day. And, and as they were sitting in the boat, and their lines are in the water, one of the preachers said, you know, we never get a chance to really let our hair down anywhere. I'm thinking, why don't we share maybe our, our, our deepest sin, the, 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 the most the biggest problem that we're having with in, in our lives, and, and just share it, and then we can pray for one another. And, and so uh, one of the preachers thinks, all right, all right. He goes, I'm really ashamed to admit this. It really grieves my heart, but I enjoy gambling. And once in a while, I will sneak out at night, and I will gamble. And, and then the second preacher says, you know, well, I am really ashamed to have to say this. It, 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 it truly is embarrassing, but uh, I cheat. And I hardly ever pay my taxes. The third preacher, he remains type-lipped. I mean, he, he's a stone wall. He doesn't want any part of this. And he's not saying anything. And, and the other two preachers say, look, we're not leaving this boat until you reveal what your greatest sin is, what you, your biggest struggle is. And finally, the third preacher says, all right, my big sin is gossip, and I can't wait to get out of this boat. You know, Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 13 this. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Can you keep a confidence? Someone comes to you, their heart is really burdened. I mean, they're really struggling with something. They're going to share it. With you. And they're counting on you to keep it quiet. Can you do it? Can you really do it? Well, now that we're sufficiently convicted, 
let's talk, you know, a little bit more uh, about slander and what slander is. Slander is actually a form of gossip, but slander is actually more insidious than gossip. In fact, King David, who is the father of King Solomon, he wrote this in Psalm 101.5. I will not tolerate people who slander. This is God. Now, listen to what he's saying. God will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure their conceit and pride. And then in Proverbs chapter 6, King Solomon writes these words starting at verse 16. Listen to what he says. There are six things that the Lord hates. No, seven things that he detests. You know, some people go, why do they do that? We call that a Hebraism, and, and it's a tactic to get your attention and see it gets your attention. Why seven? People say, well, seven's the number of perfection, sort of. But really what seven is, is it's the number of completion. So God's going to tell you and I right here what he completely hates and detests. And he says, there are seven things that God completely hates. Watch what he says, haughty eyes. That's, of course, a proud person. Then he says, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong. Now watch verse 19. A false witness who pours out lies. That is slander, ladies and gentlemen. That is slander. And then he finally says a person who sows discord in a family. God hates slander. You see, slander is gossip, but it's worse than gossip because what you're doing is you're passing along information that's either not true or only partially true, and it is almost always malicious in nature and does great damage to a person's reputation. You know, there was a particular church, and there was this woman named Harriet, and Harriet was the church gossip. Every church has a Harriet, You know any Harriets? Sometimes churches have more than one Harriet. They have two Harriets, three Harriets, four Harriets, and Harriets aren't always female. Sometimes they're male. Well, anyhow, Harriet one day accused George. George was a new member of the church, and she accused him of being an alcoholic. And you say, well, what was her evidence? Her evidence was she saw George's pickup truck one afternoon parked in front of the town's only bar, and it was there all afternoon long. That was her evidence. And whenever Harriet had a chance, every chance she got, she would say, you won't believe what I saw. And then she would tell the story of George and the pickup truck and the bar all afternoon long. In fact, she went to a woman's prayer meeting, and during the prayer meeting, Harriet stood up. And she said, I know I shouldn't say this, but my heart is so burdened that I need to share what's on my heart. And she tells the story of George and the pickup truck and it being parked all afternoon in front of the bar. And she ended her heartfelt prayer request by saying, please let us pray for George's addiction to alcohol. Well, George, of course, caught rumor that was being passed around him. Actually, it was slander, but George was the quiet type, so he didn't say anything. But then one evening, George took his pickup truck, and he parked it right in front of Harriet's house, and he left it there all night long. You see, that's the way to deal with slander, huh? Pretty good way. Pretty good way to start a gossiper. 
It has been said that there is more gossip and slander that occurs in a church prayer meeting than anywhere else in the entire world. Now, I don't know if that's true. My guess is that's probably slander. But you know what? There's a lot of truth to it, and shame on all of us. Shame on all of us. Well, let me give you a biblical example about slander. Just let me give you a biblical example of how slander and gossip works. And we see an excellent case in 2 Samuel chapter 13 and verses, or chapters 13 through 15. And the setting is this. Absalom is the son of King David, and he's holding a grudge against his father, King David. And you say, why was he holding a grudge against his father, King David? Well, because his half-brother Amnon raped his full sister, Tamar. David hears about it, but he doesn't do anything about it. He gets angry, but he doesn't do anything about it. This, of course, just frustrates Absalom. It infuriates Absalom. And so you know what Absalom does? He takes things into his own hands, and he kills in cold blood his brother, his half-brother, Amnon. Absalom flees. Three years pass by, three years, and King David begins to long for his son. And a way is made so that Absalom can come back to the city of Jerusalem, but yet David won't see his son. The reason why he won't see him is he wants to keep up the appearances of justice. Two entire years pass. Absalom's there. He's stewing in Jerusalem, waiting to see his father. Finally, after two years, Absalom forces a meeting with his father David. And in that meeting, finally, David kisses his son Absalom and lets him know that he loves him. But you know what? It's too late because a root of bitterness has grabbed hold of Absalom's heart. You know what happens when you have a root of bitterness? Bad things happen. In fact, watch what happens in the rest of the story. Skip, can you put it up? Can you put up in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verses 1 through 6? After this, Absalom bought a chariot and horses, and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early every morning, and he went out to the gate of the city. When people brought a case to the king for judgment, Absalom would ask, where in Israel are they from? And they would tell him their tribe. Then Absalom would say, you've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were the judge. Then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment. And I would give them justice when people tried to bow before him. Absalom would let them. Instead, he took them by the hand and he embraced them. Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. And so he stole Look at this. He stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. You know, you got to give Absalom credit. Do you know what he first does? What he first does is that he ingratiates himself. You know what it means to ingratiate yourself? It means you're a worm. He worms his way in to the love of the people. He gains the confidence of the people. He, 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 he befriends the people, but especially, notice who he befriends, the people who are unhappy the people who have complaints. In fact, do you know those who are gossips, those who are slanders, do you know why they go after those people who are hurt, those people who have complaints? you know why they do it? Because they're most open to rumors. They're most open to gossip and to malignant, malicious 
rumors. Dissatisfied people, by the way, are very dangerous people. Now, Absalom, though, he is really good. You know what Absalom does? He gets and he walks up to people and he asks them about their favorite subject. You know what most people's favorite subject is? Themselves. They love to talk about themselves. So he begins to listen to them. Oh, gossips and slanders are fabulous. They will listen to you. They will listen to your hurts. They will listen to your pain. Oh, I feel your pain. I care about you. I mean, I mean, he gives the image. He gives the image that, hey, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who really cares about you. I care about your situation. I care about your needs. I care about your problems. I mean, Absalom should have been a politician. I think he would have been a politician. And you know what? Once Absalom, though, once he gains their confidence, once he gains their allegiance, now he really goes to work. You know what he does? I mean, he is good. You know what he does? Do you understand? Do you see what he does? He begins to undermine the leadership. In this case, he's under, can you believe this? He's undermining his own father, King David. Look at verses 3 and 4 again. Skip, can you put them up? You got three and four, Skip? Here we go. Then Absalom would say, he's saying to the people who are hurt now, okay, wounded people, you've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were the judge. Then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment, and I would give them justice. Do you see what he does there? I mean, it's absolutely incredible. He doesn't directly go after David. I mean, he doesn't just, you know, directly assault David and say, you know, David's a rogue, King David's bad, his administration's horrible. He doesn't do that. It wouldn't work. He's much more subtle than that. He's following in the footsteps of his real father. You know who his real father is? His real father is Satan. You can read John chapter 8. His real father is Satan. He's following in the footsteps because, you see, Satan is so subtle. What he does is he insinuates... Did God really say? Did God really say? And so here Absalom's insinuating, he's going, you know, the king, the administration, they're busy. They're, you know, they, they got more important things to do than you. You don't really matter. You should really have a leader like me who cares about you. And you know what? It works. Because if you read the rest of the story, a lot of Israel begins to follow Absalom. Can you believe it? He leads a rebellion against his father. You know, and sadly, this is how it works in church. I mean, I've seen it work in church. Maybe you've seen it work in church. Someone will get hurt. You ever been hurt? You ever been wounded? And you know, so often people will look to leadership. And that leadership, they let me down. And, and a person, a lot of times, who's wounded and hurt, you know what will happen? They, they won't deal with it. They won't go to the leadership because, you know, they believe the lie of Satan. He whispers in there, they don't really care about you. Don't go. They're just going to put you down. So you know what happens? Bitterness happens. A road of bitterness begins to develop in your heart against the leadership. And so when a person is wounded and hurt and in that condition, they try to find someone who's caring and concerned. 
Love those caring and concerned people. Now, not all of them are bad, but quite often a caring and concerned person is nothing more than just a gossip, a slanderer. And, and so if, if, if one of these wounded people, these hurt people hits a gossip or a slander, you know what they'll say to them? They'll say, and they shake their head. Yeah, yeah, there's others, you know. There's others out there. And you know what, you know what the slanderer is doing? You know what the gossiper is doing? They're throwing out bait. Just throwing it like a fisherman. They're just throwing it out there. And you know what they're waiting to see? To see if that wounded person, that hurt person, will latch on. And if they say, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> the gossiper, the slanderer will go, well, I don't know. I, was, I really shouldn't be sharing this, but, you know, the other week I was talking to a family and they, they ran up to the same wall. They've run up against the same wall that you did. But you know what? Wouldn't it be great what this church really needs is leaders, leaders that care about good people like you, good people and your needs and your hurts. And they just reel you in. And before you know it, no, no, before you know it, you get splits. This is how Satan works in a church. America is known for its splits. And it's sad. That's how it works. That's how gossip, that's how slander works. And don't kid yourself, it is destructive. Now, I want you to understand something about slander. Slander doesn't have to be an outright lie about someone. A lot of people think that slander is an outright lie. That's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily even a half-truth. A lot of times, slander is just insinuating, giving someone a false impression about someone. You want, you want to know how that works? We got Jeff here. Jeff, can you stand up? Everybody know Jeff? Just continue standing. You're not getting off that easy. No, isn't it great that he's sober this morning? Now you can sit down. <laughs> now, did I, did I slander him? I told the truth. He's sober. He's sober. But see, I slandered him. Because see, I gave a false impression. You got a false impression. That guy's a drunk. Now you're going to go home. You're going to light the lines and say, I knew that BCC was bad. They not only got, they not only got a jerk for a pastor, they got an assistant pastor who's a drunk. Just, just for your information, he's not a drunk. He doesn't drink. So just, just erase that. Okay. He doesn't drink, and he's not a drunk. But I want you to know, that is how gossip, that is how slander works. Gossip, gossip just loves to whisper those choice little morsels about people. But let me tell you about slander. Slander is malicious. It maligns. It murders. does. Alexis Pilkington. Skip, can you put up her picture? There she is, 17 years old. That's her senior photo. 17 years old. And, and uh, this girl, well-liked in her high school, senior year. In fact, she was also good at sports. She full-ride D1 school in soccer. Not too shabby, huh? lot going for this girl. People liked her. Yet on March 21st, a Sunday, she writes on her Facebook page, so done with everything. 
so done with everything. And then she goes and she commits suicide. Now, how in the world can you have a girl like that commit suicide? What in the world is going on that would cause a girl like that to do that? Short answer is she was depressed. The real question, though, is why was she depressed? Do you know why she was depressed? Because on Facebook, on social media, people were writing things like she's a slut. She sleeps with the boys' football team. All kinds of comments, all kinds of slander was occurring. And, you know, get this now. It was by anonymous people. What cowards! Anonymous people at least have the guts to sign your name to it. But they didn't even do that. And this girl, she took her life. And I want you to know that God hates slander. In fact, the Apostle Peter writes this in 1 Peter in chapter 4. Skip, can you put it up? If you are reproached, now watch this. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. So you know what? If you're being persecuted right now, if you're suffering for Jesus Christ, if you're suffering because you're standing up for his name, God bless you. I mean that. God bless you for doing that. Blessed are you for the spirit of glory and God and, and the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. That, that should be wonderful encouragement for each one of us to want to stand up for Jesus. On their part, he on their part, he has blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But Now watch this, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. You know, that's a great word for a gossip, a busybody. He says, don't let anyone hear. I pray that none of us suffer for Jesus or give Jesus a black eye because we're a busybody. That's not good. That is not good. And here's what I want you to see, though. Please know that a busybody, a gossiper, is on the same par as a murderer and a thief. In God's eyes, a gossiper, a slanderer, is in the exact same category as a murderer and a thief. You know, I'm going to tell you right now. I've been a pastor over 30 years, and nothing, nothing has done more damage to the church of Jesus Christ in America, and I bet you even in your own home, in your places of work, than gossip and slander. And I'm just going to tell you, I I just, things have got to change. In fact, if, if the church in America needed to repent for anything, we need to repent right now for gossip and slander. Nothing. I'm going to tell you nothing has done more damage to Jesus' church than that. So I just want to move to the challenge this morning. You know what the challenge is? It's obvious. It, I, I can't worry about people out there, and ultimately, you know what? I can only worry about me, and you can only worry about you. But here's what I'm asking, because it's been rough at points here. And I'll tell you why it's been rough, because of gossip and slander. And I'm asking each one of us, before God, you see the truth of Scripture, I'm not going to be a part of slander and gossip anymore. I am not going to be a part of gossip and slander. And if, if you're going to do this, it's going to involve two things. The first thing it's going to involve is this. 
you are going to make a commitment not to gossip or slander. What that means is tomorrow, I mean, (laughs) well, even after service, sometimes it's good to just keep people busy. Did you know that? When you're busy, then you can't say stupid things, right? So I notice that people who are picking up the chairs and putting them away, see, they're not saying anything. But a lot of people hang out and they talk, all right? So gossip and slander can even start there. And what you're going to do, here's the commitment. The commitment is when you're talking to another person, you're not going to talk about another person unless it's in a favorable light who's not there. If it's not in a favorable light and the person you're talking to is not part of the problem and not part of the solution, you're going to not do it. You're not going to talk about someone who's not there. You're going to go, well, that's hard. What do I got to talk about? Think about our conversations. So often they're about someone who is not there. So I have no trouble you talking about someone who's not there as long as it's in a positive light. Talking about how awesome they are. Go for it. Absolutely build them up. Go for it. But if you're talking about another person with another person who's not part of the problem or not part of the solution, you're not going to do it. All right, now I can hear what you're saying. You're saying, okay, I, I could probably, might be, you know, by the way, you can do this. If you're a believer, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit, and we can do this, okay? This is possible. But you're saying, well, what do I do if a person comes up to me and they start passing along negative information? Ever, ever have that happen? Someone just starts coming, and they just blurt. No, nobody's had it happen. Wow. You guys dead or what? Are you guys already in heaven? Come on. They just, you just come on. You, you're there you are. Bam, they come up to you. Boom, have you heard about so-and-so? And off and running they are, their mouth. Well, you catch them, and you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Four questions. Four questions. Here they are now. The first question is absolutely critical. You can ask this person, why are you telling me this? That's a a showstopper. Why are you telling me what you're telling me? Do I have anything to do with this? See, the answer is probably no. It just stops there. But maybe it goes on. Question number two. Question number two. Where did you get your information Where did you get your information? By the way, if the person won't share with you where they got the information, uh, you know, they got it from, more than likely they're just passing along gossip and slander. Question number three. Question number three. Have you gone directly to the person involved? This is a beautiful one. Have you gone to the person actually who's involved that you're talking about? This, by the way, is very biblical. Matthew 18 says this. Skip, can you put it up? If your brother or sister sins, in other words, it doesn't have to be against you. Some some translations are wrong. Just sins. You see them sin. Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen, you have won them over. Isn't that beautiful? Wouldn't it be great if we just practiced that? You see someone does something wrong, they just do it to you. How often do we not just go to the person? See, that's cowardice. Why don't we? And let me tell you something. If if the person refuses to go to the person, 
that tells you that they're really just interested in gossip. They're just interested in slander. They're not interested in restoring the person. Let me tell you, the heart of Christianity is forgiveness and restoration, not passing along bad information and tearing people down. That is not the heart of Christianity. The heart of Christianity is to forgive and to restore. Well, finally, the final question is this. I like question number four. Can I quote you if I check this out? Can I quote you? You know what? A gossip or a slanderer does not want to be quoted. That's the last thing they want to have happen. They don't want to be quoted because they got the facts wrong and they know they got the facts wrong, nor do they want to be part of the solution. They do not want to be part of the solution. Folks, I guess bottom line is this. Worship team, you can come on up. I'm going to ask us to make a commitment to tell the story. Let us make a commitment to tell the story of Jesus and his love. Tell that story. Let's just tell it. Let's tell it on the mountain. Let's tell that story of Jesus and his love. But let's make sure we do not tell someone else's story. Hmm? Amen? Oh, me? It's quiet. This is incredible stuff. I'll tell you why, because we're going to talk about relationships next week. There's nothing more important in your life than relationships, your relationship with God, your relationship with the person sitting next to you, your relationship with your spouse, your family. And nothing will destroy relationships quicker than gossip and slander. Nothing. Lord, I know it hasn't been an easy word, but Lord, it's such an important word because Satan, we have an enemy who seeks to destroy us. And he knows that if he can destroy and hurt our relationship with God and with people, life isn't worth living then. It's not worth living when we live in division and strife. And I pray that even now, even now, Holy Spirit, you're moving. You're moving in our midst. And maybe there is conviction. Do not lie. And I ask that you will not allow Satan to lie and bring condemnation because God is not about condemnation, but about conviction that leads to life. And so I'm praying as Holy Spirit, you're moving in each person's life. They begin to repent on where they need to repent. And I pray that this week, relationships are going to begin to be mended as never before, as there's a real, I'm sorry, I repent. I said things I shouldn't have said. And what Satan means for evil, you're going to turn around, Lord, and you're going to use for good. You're going to create good. That's what I'm asking. You're going to create good, a real mending and a real healing. And I ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. 
If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known.